Peace and blessings to the good people and welcome to Father Share the Podcast on Fatherhood in 20 today. I am your host Fleming. And I'm Ms. Vaughn. And today we have two special guests. Um, we would like to uh, welcome to the Fathership family, Kelly and Kenneth. Welcome good people. Thank, thank you, thank you. We want you guys to introduce yourself and then we will get to the topic of our conversation, which I'm kind of excited about, as you can kind of tell. Kelly, go ahead, girl. My name is Kelly Bryant. I am a married mother of one, a one-year-old. He's feisty. He's truly a boy. He eats a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he really is. Awesome. Okay, Mr. Ken. My name is Kenneth McCants Pearsall. Um live in Washington, D.C., and married uh, four years now. I've been together for six, and my husband and I have two boys. They are 10 and 11, 11 months apart. So um, Irish twins, as, as people will call them. Um, and, yeah, we're having a, a great old time being quarantined, the four of us in this house, homeschool. Good. It means we killed each other. It means no one. Right. Everybody's still alive. Right. Everybody's still alive. We love it here. So we love it here. Most days. Can everybody make it it to the end of this day? Like, usually we're just trying to make it to the end of the day. That's all we're trying to do. They did. It's one of those days I'm probably going to bed right after they did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally understand. Totally understand. Uh, Well, I am the other parent, father of one, 15 teenager so you know it has its uh challenges things to look forward to because i think you said just son is one right mm-hmm. yeah. so so when he gets to the point of where he can actually come down and make his own breakfast you will that will be a day that you will i'm definitely looking forward to it <laughs> yeah, i promise you you will check that off you know you'll, you'll try to make it a holiday because lord knows I'm for sure <laughs> So, first question, or first thing that I want to know, I do not have any kids. I um, do desire to have one. And I am at the point in my life where um, while I am, I would hope to have been married and have kids, that's probably not looking, you know, like it may be. And I'm, I'm learning to be okay with that. But lately, I've realized that becoming a mother is something I really want to do. So my question to you, because both of you guys are married and then both of you are in same sex marriages. Did you guys come into it wanting kids or was it your partner that came into it wanting kids? Like, how did that conversation go? It is a big it's a big thing. Um, Well, my wife is, is is divorced, so she was previously married, and her ex-wife did have three children, but they were grown adult children. Um, and uh, when when I met my wife, um, she expressed a desire to want children as well, um, but we never really talked about it until you know we got married because we were both Capricorns, three days apart, and we. You know, Capricorns are very driven. We like to travel and, but we're grounded because, you know, we're earth signs. 
So um, because of those qualities, we both knew that we wanted something that would make us be a little bit more grounded, hence a kid. (laughs) Um, But, you know, going into it, we both were like, yes, we know we want kids. We knew that I would be the one to carry. Um, My wife had a hysterectomy before we got married. Um, So we knew I would be the one to carry. But we knew we would face challenges very from the very beginning because I've never I had never been pregnant before and I had been in heterosexual relationships before. So and I in in my 20s, I had been diagnosed with what's called PCOS, polycystic Mm -hmm. syndrome. Mm -hmm. So we knew that this would be a a challenge um, from the very beginning. But, you know, my wife always she says she just wanted one kid. She comes from a small family. Um, It's only four grandkids and then her mom only had her and then 17 years later had her brother. Well, my mom, my grandmother had 16 kids. My, my, my other grandmother on my dad's side had eight kids. So I come from a huge family and I'm like, well, I want a bunch of kids, you know? <laughs> no. <laughs> so the compromise is two kids at this point. Um, I'm still trying to convince her a little bit different because we still have four embryos left. Mm-hmm. That goes. Um, so right now, too, is, the, is pretty much the compromise. You massaging the conversation right now. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we both knew that we wanted to have children. We 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 discussed early on about how we would raise the children, especially me coming from a very strict Christian family. Um, because even when we first got together, we had a lot of challenges with my family accepting us. We still do, um, at this point. Um, but regardless of all of that, we knew we wanted to start a family together. We knew that's, that's what we wanted to do. So ultimately we was like, we're just going to do it. And started researching very soon after we got married, um, we got married in 2015. I want to say 2016 is when we started the research. 2017 is when we first uh, tried uh, intrauterine insemination, and that failed. My my doctor was like, "Your body's just not reacting to these medications. We're going to go straight to IVF, which of course is much more expensive. Um, a lot of insurance companies are not in favor of. The- they sure don't. They say no, sis. That's on you." Um, Yes. So we, we, we had a lot of hurdles to jump through. So in 2017, at that point, we didn't have to pay a lot because our insurance situation was a little bit different than it is now. Um, but then we, um, we ended up getting pregnant, but we lost the baby at about eight weeks. So that was like detrimental. It was, it's hard. You know, you go through all of this. It's literally like I'm getting shot up. You know, my friend would call it, you getting your club shot up? Because that's what it literally <laughs> you're getting shot up, you know, to do this part, then that part. So it was really stressful. So after the loss, I told him, I'm like, we need to take a step back. And I need to think, do we really want to have a baby at this point? It's emotionally draining. Physical part, I can get through. Emotionally draining was the other part. So, you know, we waited two years and then we went back at it. I was in a much healthier situation with my body. My doctor knew how my body would react to certain medications. Um, we have really good embryos. The first time we had a lot, a lot of eggs, but not quality eggs. Second, mm-hmm. My doctor knew how to change the medication. So we had not as many eggs, but they were good eggs, which gave us, you know, good, good quality embryos. So you know, once we were in it, it was just like, oh, we're doing this. Oh, we're about to be parents. Let's go for it. 
But I mean, it's, it's like the best decision we've ever made together as, as a as a as a unit. We may have been raised differently, so we have a, a little bit different parenting styles, you know. And then with me being birth mom, it's a little bit different. I take it a little bit more personally than she does, but all in all, we're happy that we chose to have a baby. But it, it was a mutual decision. It wasn't like I want a baby. Make sure I get a baby. It was a mutual decision from start to finish. Okay. Yeah, ours was a little different. Um, So I, I always knew that I wanted kids. Like I knew I wanted kids from like the time I was sixteen, and I knew that I wanted to adopt. um, Even that that early, but also probably because I knew that I was gay that early and didn't see me doing anything the old fashioned way. Um, And so when we met, when my husband and I met, that was one of the very first conversations we had because I was also like thirty three. I was also like. I know what I want. If you're not, in, if we're not on the same page about certain things, there's no sense in us moving forward. Absolutely. At this point. And so um, he wasn't, I think he was like, you know, maybe I never thought about it. But then once we, and, and similar to Kelly, like almost soon after we got married, um, we started the process and we, and so we did the public adoption route. So we went the, the foster to adopt route. Okay. Um, and so pretty much after we got married we started like i think even before right before we got married we had done our profile and started doing our home study and all that stuff mm-hmm. um because and i will say like although like we didn't pay for it right like a public adoption is, is free mm-hmm. i think similar to your process it is a very long process mm-hmm. right um and so we had started the, the process to get certified to even have you know foster children um beforehand and we both had agreed that we only wanted one kid um because they were like i think that's all we can handle and kids are expensive and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. all those things whole one kid thing you got to be their best friend though <laughs> and you're so, gonna be real tired me, and let me and yes and so and also fun fact so like i was a, i was the only child growing up and and so i was 18 and then my mom had my brother so um <laughs> so basically there my mom had two only children um and so right, I knew what it was like to grow up just yeah. by myself mm-hmm. i was personally fine with that but uh, to your point it is a lot of energy to try to like have to entertain and like be that kids everything so anywho so we went through the process and we um and this was in Philadelphia. We were living in Philadelphia at the time. Um, we went through, um, we were getting profiles. We had gotten a profile of a, of a little boy um, who we were like super excited about. Like we did the room and got all that stuff, you know, taken care of. Um, and this was right around the holidays. And so like right before that, like everything was moving quickly, quickly, quickly. Um, right around the holiday, um, things kind of just went like silent. And we like, why, are, why is nobody getting back to us and, and all of this? Um, and so come to find out um, the family who initially had the boy um, and didn't want him, mind you, um, changed their minds once they found out that we were gay and decided to adopt him. And so um, that was a bit devastating. And so that was like, say November, like right after Thanksgiving. And so um, we decided to just like, you know, take a minute and breathe. And then our, um, it was maybe like right after the holiday, like January, um, our social worker was like, well, we know you have the room set up for bunk beds. Do y'all think y'all be interested in having two and taking siblings? Um, oh, that's dope. 
And we were like, nope, not sure. <laughs> so it, took right. us, it took us several weeks of like, and we had the profile for like several weeks um, before we decided to, you know, finally like Aww. meet them. And we wanted to, like we met the foster parents and wanted to hear this, like really wanted to like get to know them and their story. Um, and then we finally, you know, broke down. It's like, okay, we're going to go meet them. We'll be willing, like, and I'm usually the one that has to be like talked off. Like I'm a marketer's dream. Cause you're like, you'll get me. And I'm like, yes, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> so so don't, basically don't take you on vacation to like, what is that? The timeshare? Like, no. Oh, we bought the timeshare too, literally. Um, but it was a really good deal. Um, but anyway, so oh yeah, so you are go. definitely that one. I'm, I'm that one. But in this situation, I was like, okay, we have to be willing to say no. If it doesn't feel right, like, and we don't think we can handle it, we have to be able to walk away. Mm-hmm. And so we go and we, and we meet them at Dave and Buster's and we you know, spend the evening with them and we walk out um, in the parking lot. And then, so I t- and I turned to Maurice. I was like, "So, what do you think?" Uh, and he's like, "Those are our kids." Um, and it was pretty much a wrap after that. Oh. And so, um, oh my gosh! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Just wait a minute! I'm so, I'm on hormones, Matt. <laughs> right, hold on. So Matt. that was about that was a little over oh. almost four years ago, and they did. Oh. Be oh, still my heart. Oh. Getting to wait a minute, hold on, because you just can't just say you met them at Dave and Buster's and that's it. So Kelly, girl, get ready because we probably about to boohoo a little bit. So like at that particular point, like what was your interaction with them? Because okay, so how old were yeah. they? Yes. So they were please um give me a line about their age because it feels like forever. So I lose track. Um they were five and six at the oh, time. And that's such a good age. For that people. is such yeah. a good age. Like they are the best and they have no problem in telling you exactly how they feel. And all they want to do is be your friend. And you yeah. need it. Like, exactly. Oh. I should also mention I'm an educator as a career. So like I'm we're not gonna be friends. Let's just be like I'm not gonna I'm not friends with students. That, that's not how that works. But I love y'all. So but how that process works. So one of the things that we so a couple of things that we did was one, when we knew we were going through the process, we did not want to see any profiles of kids whose parental rights hadn't been terminated because okay. we didn't want to go through the process of like having a kid in our home and fall in love with them and then they be taken right. Right. Yeah. And so that also slowed our process down because at least in Pennsylvania, the goal is reunification. Right. Right. And so so we already knew that we wouldn't have to go through that process and that hurdle. And they and then the other piece was they were with the foster family. The foster family had been with for like a year and a half or so. Like so it was pretty it was it was a stable home. They were just older and their kids were adults and they just couldn't keep up with a five and a six year old. No, no, no. Um, That's way a lot of energy. Part of that process, though, when you're going to a, the, through the adoption piece, is you have to do a series of like, basically like play dates and build up to overnights, and mm-hmm. then build up to longer periods, and then they come and stay with you, and then even once they come to stay with you, they have to be in your home for at least six months before you can even apply to adopt. Okay. And so, because we had already gone through and were certified, we were able to, and our social workers were amazing, um, because when foster families go out of town, they can't take the kids with them because they're not their, like, they're not parents. their parents. And mm-hmm. so they have to find what's called respite care, which means they have to find another foster family to watch them, or they go yeah. into like a group home while they're yeah. fostering them. A group home? Yep. Yeah. 
Wow. But because we were already certified, and they were, and the foster family was also building a house in Atlanta, and they were retiring down south. And so okay. they were going back and forth a lot. And then because we were already certified as a foster home, even though we've never fostered any kids, they're like, well, you can be their respite care and they can come stay with you. Okay. And so that actually accelerated the process because the foster family is getting ready to go out of town for a week. Yep. And so I was like, yeah. oh, I guess y'all come and stay with us for a week. So we're like <laughs> taking them back to support the school and all that. And so that actually allowed us to like connect faster. Okay. So by the that was like February, March. And so by the end of June, when school let out, they moved in with us full time. That's how it moved a little bit faster. Um, and then right as as they moved in with us, then we started the paperwork. So that way, when we hit six months, we could move to file. But then once we filed, it took like a year. Um, and so we adopted them. I think it just hit. Again, like I lose track because it feels like they've been with us forever. I think it's been two years that they've been officially legally adopted, but they've been living with us for like three and a half or something like that. Gotcha. Mm. That's amazing. I love it. So amazing. (laughs) And they're, they're adjusting well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other piece too is in this time, we've also moved from Philly to dc so um they were and we were to get they were with us we've only been we moved to dc in 2019 um so we just are like a year and a half into being in dc but they've been adjusted pretty well in terms of like new school new city making friends all that and we're in the process of trying to buy a house so we got one more move left in us and they're ready to (laughs) sit down that's it that's all Mm -hmm. and then just count down to 18 but the other thing um them being so close in age to your point about like only child is like they have a built-in best friend and like Mm -hmm. buddy right so like they keep each other occupied and that has been a lifesaver um because yeah sure and the the most important piece about to me about having at least multiple more than one kid is if something happens to both parents nobody quite knows how it feels to lose those two parents but the other sibling Mm -hmm. you know they can go to grandparents, they can go to aunts and uncles, cousins, but they didn't grow up in this house with these two parents that, you know, I lost both of them and the love for those two parents. So that that was really it for me. I was like, yeah, I, I can't do it. You know, I got to have one more at least, you know. And I think, and Kelly, I think similar to like our boys experience, right? Like they yeah. did lose all their, they did lose their, right. their, their, their first set of parents. So all they have, yeah. they, that was their unit, right? Yeah. No matter like me, like my husband and I, I think are great, but at the end of the day, like, and we try to instill that in them too, of like, y'all have to have each other's backs. Y'all are all, y'all are what y'all have, right? Like y'all are the only two that have been on this journey together, even before us. Um, and so right now, you know, they bicker and fight and all that stuff, but five minutes later, they're buddy buddy because we yeah. constantly instill in them like y'all have to have each other's backs. Y'all can talk about each other all y'all want. Mm-hmm. But when y'all walk out of here, like you better be ride or die for exactly. your buddy. Yeah. I would definitely say, um, because me um while me and my sister are not Irish twins, we are very close in age. So from the time of us um, like grammar school, really until I went away to college, we butt heads like nobody's business. She will tell you in a minute, she was like, she didn't like me. 
it did like it was because for me it was I had no place to go like it was everywhere I went she went and she was one of those people who she didn't she didn't care to find friends she was just like I'll just have my sister's friends I was like no I need my own identity without you like I need you to go away from me so but it was really when I went away to college and there was just like because we were always together and that was literally like the first time we were ever apart it was just we just really became close and literally every since then so from my freshman year of college up until really I mean we lived together when I graduated college we lived together that was for like 10 years and that was a whole thing because she had a baby and that that was you know, trying being the um, and like I always say, I was in a, a lesbian relationship and had no benefits. Like, you know, <laughs> kid, I'm paying bills, I'm doing all kinds of stuff, and it was just like I'm like I I'm not enjoying nothing. Like, I can't write it off on my taxes. Like, it was just it was not. It was the worst relation, lesbian relationship I've ever been in. But like, even though I'm in Maryland, we still talk. Probably she'll call me. She's calling now because she thinks that, you know, I'm free and I should be able to talk to her now. But to say, Kenny, I'm just basically telling you that, yeah, they're going to really fight and bicker now, but they will come a time, especially when they are separate from each other. And then it'll just, it'll click. And then it'll just be like, I, I, I wish somebody would. Like, you know, even with my parents, you know, they'll say something about her and I'll be like, what'd you say? Right. Don't, don't talk about her. And she'd be like, well, I'm her mother. I don't care. I'm her sister. You're not going to say nothing about her to me. So that's just to give you some a little encouragement. Like, yeah, this this going to be a long, probably eight years. It's going to be real, real long. But. And it's, and it's funny you say that. Like my oldest, he's the one, like he makes, he's never met a stranger. And yeah. he's got his set of friends and he's trying to like, He's uh-huh. in middle school now, so he's like trying to form his own clique. That is so me. Yeah. And his little me. and his little brother is like, nope, I'm just gonna hang out with you. Right. Right. I'm, I'm gonna tag along with you. He's I'm like, coming no. with you. No. <laughs> so it is it's so interesting to see them like start to form their I mean, kids form the personalities when they're younger, but now mm-hmm. there's like new phase of like, <laughs> I wanna be independent and I you know, I'm trying to fit in with the crowd. Um, it's, it's been really interesting to to watch. Yeah. Oh, thank God I didn't have to go through none of that. <laughs> Not an ounce. It's been, been, it's been me. It's just me. Still me. Although, um, yeah, I got a crew of homeboys that I just I grew up with. Um, and literally, I tell people I'm an only child, but I got I got eight siblings. And Lord knows we do the same thing. We bicker. We get into it. You know, literally, it's just like, hey, take that outside, scrap it out, come back in, and we can be done. So, all right, because, you know, we got to hit the club later. Let's go. So, (laughs) that's how that is. So, what would you, so as, as as a same sex couple, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, kind of like having people making a decision based on your 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 lifestyle and pulling a child away from you as a result of. So, what would you say has been the most challenging part about becoming parents in that situation? Yeah, I mean, I will say like it has been surprisingly like that was the hardest part, right? 
Um, I don't, I don't know what a, what a straight relationship is like. Cause I've never been in one, but it feels, say, it say, feels say, normal, it, right? Like it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like we haven't had any like major challenges as it relates to like being two men as, as like as mm-hmm. parents, like, sure. you know, occasionally kids will say something to our, our kids and I, probably because we're gay, we're real shady. It's like, no, say this. When they say you got two daddies, it's like, well, I got wait, two. So you, you don't have so any. Wait, so what? Right. Like, so I was gonna. So that was like kind of one of my questions. Like, right. you see some of the shade, like right back, because you know, kids are kind of mean. It's a learned behavior because kids learn that from like their parents and stuff like that, and sometimes they don't understand it, so they're quick to tell their friends. And you be like, wait a minute. So how do you help? Your kids handle that. I mean, we're real petty. So that's part of the first part. <laughs> I'm glad um, you're honest with it. I'm glad you don't realize that I got two gay daddies. Come on now. <laughs> with with, the with disposable income. Right. Um, disposable no. income. <laughs> Hello. But I think one of the things that has been helpful. So since we moved to D.C., we haven't really had that challenge. Cause like they go to a, a really diverse school. I just so happen to work there. But there are we are they are not the only kids with two mommies or two dads or whatever and so they can see that and and know that they 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 fit in there so that really hasn't been the the challenge i think parenthood and just like like you said Mm co-parenting is probably the the biggest thing right like maurice and i my husband we we were raised very differently. Like he's from New York, so everything is like rah rah. And I'm from the Midwest, so it's like we're very nice. Right. <laughs> and so Hello. that that but we that was a challenge even before we had kids, right? And so now it's like, how do you balance the two and like parent and like how do you organize it? Like who's responsible for what? And you know, doing things in a way that feels like like sometimes I feel like, dang, I do everything. But he probably feels that way too, right? And so like how do we balance the load, um, I think is a hard part. And I don't think that has anything to do with like being two moms and two dads. I think it's just like two grownups that, oh, and, and we're both can be very stubborn, right? And so like, yeah, how do we balance that? Got you, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> right now the hardest part is, well, now that we're quarantined with a one-year-old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The, the blessing in it all is we've both still been able to work from home the whole time. So we pulled him out of daycare. Um, it was a great financial move. I, it was hard to make that decision because he had just gotten used to it. You know, I had just went back to work in February. So he was only there a month, you know, mm-hmm. and then in March, everything is shut down. Right. So, um, I knew at that point that a lot more was going to be on me and I, like, okay, I have to, because my wife, she's she's a supervisor where she works. So her job is a bit more demanding than mine. I'm an executive assistant to a, to a, he's a C-level executive in the company. However, you know, being quarantined, he wasn't traveling a lot. His schedule was a bit different. So, you know, my job didn't become as demanding. So I knew that I would have to, you know, do a lot more with keeping Sebastian you know, occupied. He was getting bigger. He was getting older. He was, you know, crawling. And then now he's walking and, you know, everything. So I guess that's been the challenge is not so much doing it, but getting my wife to understand, you know, that it's not as easy as it looks sometimes, you know. Um, But my wife, she does all the heavy lifting, literally and, you know, figuratively. She does 
anything else when it comes to whatever is needed for us. You know, she wants to always make us comfortable and, you know, wants the best for us. So it's kind of a good trade-off for me at this point. With trying to do another baby, I don't know how that's going to be just yet. Um, so that's going to be definitely the challenge because he, with Sebastian being busy and then me eventually being pregnant, God willing, it's going to be like, I don't even know. Because I know how I was when I was pregnant with him. I was tired a lot in the beginning. Then I got sick. Then, you know, so I'm just like, we're going for it regardless. So it's, we just roll with the punches. So I guess that's the most difficult part. When it comes to him having two mommies, I was nervous initially because I'm like, okay, it's a boy. (laughs) We don't have penises. (laughs) (laughs) But he has uncles. Like I said, his his godfather and his partner, right now we live on the same property. Um, He has my father, my brothers. Um, So he has has, you know, gay daddies and non-gay daddies, you know. Right. He is just surrounded by love. It's it's ridiculous to me. And I'm like, I don't believe he will have any trouble adjusting. I don't think he'll have any trouble with anyone. He's going to be the best dressed kid. He's going to be able to read a person. <laughs> he's got like, he's got so much surrounding him. Like I said, it was difficult initially with my parents, with my family. When I didn't come out, I was shoved out. I put it that way. Um, I chose to tell my mother that I had a girlfriend and it just all exploded. You know, I had time when I was going to tell my parents, but somebody chose to tell. And then even, you know, we, we stopped talking. Me and my family, we stopped talking. My sisters always kept talking, especially my youngest sister. My youngest sister is my ride or die. She don't care. Nobody better not say nothing about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, my older sister, she doesn't maybe let, she lives in Tennessee. So it took her a little bit much to come around. My brother, he don't care about nothing in either way, you know. And then we have an adopted brother. He don't care either. <laughs> <laughs> it was my, my my mother. That was the hard part for me because me and my mother are so close. So that was very, very hard to get through, not talking to her and things like that. You know, and even when I first told her I was pregnant because I didn't want her to hear through the grapevine. So it turns out my little sister is was a little bit ahead of me pregnant. So mm. she already told. And then here I am. I'm like, well, I'm like Vicky. I'm pregnant too. And, you know, I didn't get to be... I didn't get the response I wanted, but I got the response I expected. So I was pre- prepared, you know. Since then, Sebastian is her best friend. Babe, you can't tell her nothing about this boy. My mother loves boys. She <laughs> she raised her girls to be able to take care of themselves. And she the boys like mommas do boys, you know. So now she has this, he's the only grandson. And so yeah, it's He's ridiculously spoiled. Ridiculous. Can I say a couple of things? Mm-hmm. What Kelly was saying because it resonated with me. I think one, like obviously, like everybody in our house has a penis, right? And so even the dog. <laughs> and so our our plan was to, like <laughs> we wanted to make sure that they had like 
women in their lives, right? Like, I think it's important, particularly like somebody nurturing, like we can be nurturing, but it's not the same. And so like, make it like my best friend is their godmother. And so like, making sure like we were in Philly, like I had another friend. So it was just like making sure that they have women that they can go to. Like neither of our parents live locally. Um, and so that was just, the village is really important, right? Um, the other piece, which was interesting is I felt like when we first adopted the boys, one of the things that I felt was like, oh, my, my mom was not as like, she didn't connect with them the way that I thought she would, right? And I think it was part of like, oh, we're wedding right. kids or whatever. Like they, they I, don't, I don't know them. Um, and the turning point was last summer, now not having kids before and not realizing how important like daycare and camps and stuff like, it's a whole thing. Yeah. And so camp ended two weeks before school started and we were at work and we were like, well, what are we going to do right. for two weeks? And so my mom um, came from Milwaukee to stay with stay oh, with the boys, cool. which was her first time spending time. any like mm-hmm. alone time with them. Mm-hmm. And so like after after that, it was a wrap, yeah. right? Those are her boys. They talked to her more than she yeah. talked to me. Right. Um, and so, but I, I think and I'm like, I'm on, they on the phone talking to somebody and I was like, who are they talking to? She was like, that's my mama. <laughs> like, but she having a whole conversation. With her. Um, but I think it was, it was just like, once they had that bond, like, in, which is, yeah. you know, it's hard coming in, coming in late, but it, it happens. And that's, 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 mm-hmm. that's the plus now. And like I said, I don't, I don't think he's going to have it any issues you know having two mommies and my my wife is masculine of center um and again even though she doesn't have a penis you know certain grooming things that little boys do she does you know she gets her hair cut you know things like that even though he's he's a biracial baby so his hair is nothing like nobody's around here (laughs) i'm like i don't know what to do with this straight white boy i don't know what to do with it That was the hardest part. So neither of our boys are, they're like, they're more like Puerto Rican, Mm -hmm. like they're they're not like black. Mm -hmm. black. So that was a, that was the culture shock. She was like, oh, y'all go to the, we all went to the same, and I don't even go to the barbershop. I show you my own hand. (laughs) Thinking about like, oh, I don't know what to do with it. So that was, that was a process too. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, 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 it's working so far. It's, I don't even worry about that type of stuff, actually. You know, initially, I worried about everything. Now, I don't even worry about it. I, I, You know, I just see my wife as my wife, you know, and I know that the world does not do that. Like, my wife had to adopt our son because not everywhere in the world recognizes our marriage. Mm-hmm. And they, entail, they wouldn't recognize him as her son, even though she signed the birth certificate and everything. We still had to go through the process, had to go to court and everything of my adopting our son. Um, just so if we were somewhere and something happened to me, he, she had to do something. They recognize adoption everywhere, but not her being his mother. So. Right. And you, and it's so interesting because I didn't even, I, since we've adopted them, I don't even think about it. Like, the four of us, like, oh, somebody gonna say something because they're two dads, or like, if we're like, I've, I've never, or like, not care, I don't carry around a birth certificate to prove, yeah. you know, and I don't, and I think, I mean, DC is obviously really progressive, but yeah. even in, in Philly, I just never crossed my mind. Um, and it's not like we look anything alike, you're like, oh, you can tell. Um, right. 
So I don't, I don't know. I, I guess know. It's, I think that's a good thing, but I just never paid attention to it. And yeah, they won't stay away from me, so they're gonna feel like they belong to some belong I know. To <laughs> I know. I can't, See, my, I can't shake her. My baby is now. He is a mama. She's mama. I'm mommy. Um, we try, people begin confused. We say the one that actually had the baby ends with the Y. So that's how you know who is I'm mommy, she's mama. And when I tell you that's his favorite person right now, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I walk out the door, it's like, all right, see you later. Or if she's going out the door, he's like, I'm going with her. I don't need to stay with you. He's just, that's, I'm like, okay, go ahead with your mama. I'm good. <laughs> so, like, how is it? that I guess because you guys both, both of your marriages, your um, partners are definitely, that definitely grew up different than you. So how is it that, how is this blending going? Because that's the part of the co-parenting that, you know, I guess you, you know, you can talk about everything until like you get into a situation and you just like, now wait a damn minute. Okay. <laughs> so like, and then especially when you coming from like a Midwest and the East coast and, and it's just like when, you know, it it's just with anybody, you know, all of a sudden we got to come to some type of senses and usually you know, Kelly, I know you. So it's just like, no, I'm right. No, 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 I'm right. Like, it's not, it's not, no, 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 it's, I'm right. So then if you're saying your wife is a Capricorn, so both of y'all are right, baby, that compromise looks real funky. How is it the engaging or the blend y'all family? Because again, you're, you're, you're trying to take traits that each of you have from your backgrounds and then you're you know you also making adjustments because there's certain stuff that you went through or experienced she's just like Mm-mm, not my baby so how is mm-hmm. yeah how does it go <laughs> i would say our biggest like i mean i'm i married him because we have a lot of shared values and mm-hmm. things like that right so like on the fundamental things we mm-hmm. agree um the, the thing that has caused us i think probably the biggest area of like consternation is like education. Um, like I grew up going to public school, like from head start until I got to college, right? College was the first time I went to private school. Um, and he grew up going to private school. And so we think about when we had to start making decisions about where are kids gonna go to school? It's like, oh, I want to private school and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, well, I believe in power of public education. I'm also an educator mm-hmm. in a public, like <laughs> I work for a public school. Um, and so, I believe in the, I believe in public education and like there are good public schools out there. I didn't want to pay for it. Like it's all, it shouldn't have to either. And I believe that. And so that's where we have like butted heads around those educational choices. And like, I think I won because I'm an educator on that part. Um, I also went to a PWI for undergrad. He has an HBCU experience. So we also were like, Oh, when they go to college, I'm like, they should go wherever they want yeah. that they can afford like that we can afford and and, and that's what that was my experience right um and he's like nope they're going to hbcu they're going to howard or they're going here <laughs> yeah. and so we haven't had to cross that bridge yet yeah. um so i'm holding out but i'm like also like i just believe like yeah we we should help them make the best decision for themselves i don't care where they go um but so education is where we kind of like that's where we continue to like periodically butt heads. Yeah. But. Right now we we don't have any we don't bump heads too much when it comes to the parenting part because 
I'm more, I'm the nurturer more. And since he's still little, um, of course he's starting to get his own personality. He, he has tantrums. So, um, I think we both discipline him the same way. He's only one. So a lot of times it's just yelling his name or stop or no or something like that. Um, I do think the older he gets, that's when things may change. My wife was born in Savannah, Georgia. I was born born and raised in Chicago. So there's that there too. Um, So, I mean, we've discussed as he gets older. I don't think that we've I don't think we've had too many uh, different thoughts on what we want to do. We started his college fund right when he was born, uh, the day he was born. So we've always said that he could use it to go to college. He could use it to start his own business, whatever. We're not going to force education down his throat. We're not going to force a trade down his throat. We're basically going to, of course, you lead them into the best decision, but ultimately it's their decision when they get to that point. Um, so, I mean, that, that's the kind of parenting style we have now. Things could change the older the kids get, you know, you see what type of kid they are and, you know, how you sometimes you have to change up your discipline or what you thought or how you were, how you were even raised. You know, I was raised in a very, my, very strict home. You know, my, my parents, even when I went away to college, if I would come home to visit, I still had a curfew. I'm like, yes, wasn't that crazy? Want. That's why I want to hurry up and I will always go back to school. Like, I am not gonna do this curfew. Oh Okay. You my didn't even know where year, I was. I went home like every weekend my freshman year, sophomore year, and on. I didn't go back. I was like, Lee, I'm not coming back here. That's when we met with sophomore year. So, I mean, we, we didn't need to because we were literally a party from Thursday to uh, Sunday every weekend. So, yeah, we didn't, we didn't need to. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think that we're going to have that issue. Um, we'll see. I, I, I can't predict the future, but we we balance out pretty pretty well when it comes to the parents and piece of everything. Like I said, a, a lot of because we're both those grounded Capricorns. A lot of that part is and and she, like I said, she was she she was raised by you know a uh, uh, a single mother. And then like I said, she didn't. It was just her until she was seventeen, and then she had a brother. So she was kind of like a parent early too, you know, because mm-hmm. she was with her younger brother. So. Um, yeah, I don't think we have too much different when it comes to that just yet. Um, I'm anticipating things to change. And, you know, I know that we're going to butt heads on certain things. I mean, because we are two different individuals at the end of the day. And I get it. But at the end of the day, it's it's about, you know, making sure our children are happy and healthy. That's all that matters. <laughs> And I, you know, and I, I'm so glad to hear you say that piece because definitely from the co-parenting standpoint, you know, I I grew up in a divorce household. Um, my parents got fully divorced by the time I was three. Um, I, you know, situation was actually rather interesting. I was my mother and I were just sitting talking the other day because I'm a product of a heterosexual female but a bisexual male, and you know, we were having the conversation around the time now where obviously there are definitely things that are more accepted and that's a beautiful thing right more so uh recalling the conversation i had with my father prior to him passing um and just really talking about like how difficult that must have been in these 60s aspect and this is your this is you and my mother knew you know that's that like that's the thing like she knew you know they had that that um and she loved him anyway you know mm-hmm. uh, because she fell in love with him trying to tell people like you know when you fall in love with the 
person. There's that's really all that matters. You can figure out the rest of the stuff, but but with from a co-parenting situation, which which is what I'm in, which is why we sort of kind of shifted to, to to this lane now and having this conversation. It's not the best situation. Um, it's also not the worst either, you know, and at the same and at, at the end of the day, you know, we just make sure that we put the focus on our son being good, making sure that he's healthy, making sure that he's getting proper education. Um, so really trying to push that, 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 that narrative. And I love it when I see people actually making it at the point, you know, like it is indeed about the kids. Um, recently, uh, I think as a um, tail end of, of season one, when I sort of kind of had this revelation, I was just like, wow, like, you know, I'm I'm this age. I mean, I'm 44 now, so I'll just put it to now. But you know, I've been someone's child. Ooh, you old. Oh, hush up! I've been someone's child for, for for 44 years, but I've only been a been, been someone's father for 15. So I yeah. have experience on being able to tell you as a as as a kid what what is it you're gonna go through as time goes on and just helping him to navigate the, the, those waters. Um, so again, kudos to, to to you both on that. Um, I'm loving this conversation. I'm loving it. So thank you for for all of it. Um, I'm trying to think. Did I had uh, since we're on this? Who would you say is a disciplinarian? <laughs> Let me ask that question. Me, uh, I am. Did you really? <laughs> okay. really? I would never thought you would have been Really, girl, this boy is because. <laughs> So we spend a lot of time together. Like we spend a lot of time. If I have work meetings, you know, my wife will take him or something like that. We are today, but we spend a lot of time together and he tests my patience. <laughs> like, boy, if you were one, I would be saying your little butt up. <laughs> so, but no, I'm like the enforcer. Um, but it's crazy because he will ignore me a lot. And then my wife comes in and lays the gavel down and then that's mm-hmm. Finally stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was like, I, I didn't ask if this was PG or not because I was like, it was about to drop uh, a four-letter word. Um, <laughs> we, we believe in some good. Uh, I was like, ooh, I hate that shit, baby. All the points. <laughs> somebody just try to be on their best behavior because we got company. But you know, Fleming is always cursing. He has a potty drawer. He has a. Uh, he got a potty mouth. He got a potty mouth, so, baby. <laughs> people. If you were to ask, if we were in a group, everybody would say that my husband is a disciplinarian. And I think it's because, like, his voice is, like, louder and, like, gruff, like, and he doesn't do it a lot. So when he Mm. does it, they respond to that. Whereas me trying to pull on my, like, educator training, (laughs) and it's like, we're going to talk about this. And we're going to have this conversation and I want to get you to understand why you did this so you don't do it again. Like, so I do all of that. And he'd be like, sit down, I'll be chat. And it's like, dumb. So wait, and, so wait, uh, wait a minute. So you, you try to come at it from a... Let's because here's the thing, I've been an edu- <laughs> not even not even negotiation, but like when you've been working with, so like I was an elementary school teacher before I became an administrator, okay. and so like I got twenty five kids, I can't beat your ass, but I need you to do what I need you to do, right. and so like I don't believe it. Like my first thing is not going to be like I'm going to threaten to do right. this, right? Like I need you to understand like why you shouldn't do this so you don't mm-hmm. do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always said when I was a teacher, I was like, oh, I can't wait to get kids of my own so I could just tear that ass up <laughs> just because I haven't. Um, and so 
I definitely have done that more, but I still believe in like, I want to get you to understand this, mm-hmm. like from a rational. And then if I, if we have that conversation and you still do it, then, then yeah. Right. Whereas okay. Then you understand. He, mm-hmm. he is more liable. Like he's just going to jump to 10. Right. <laughs> I'm going to take a few steps in between. Um, but when he, and I think I spend more time with them too. Right. And so like, we're having all these comments. So, like they hear my voice and they probably have like grown immune to it. Cause I'm also the one that does their homeschooling. So I'm downstairs with them all day. Mm-hmm. And then before this, I was driving them to school. I was at the school all day and we're driving home. So when they do hear his voice and he does get upset about something, they jump. But me, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, they didn't hurt my voice for 10 hours today. So yeah, yep, that's it right there. I didn't even think about it that way. That that's why that he he doesn't usually hear her discipline them and tell them to stop. And then so when she finally does it, it's like, oh, wait a minute, this is different. Let me stop. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the other piece too, I'm also trying to like get them to because they are used to coming to me for everything. Mm. And so like even since we started this call, like right when we started, and they saw me come upstairs and close the door. <laughs> Both of them knocked on the door for two different things within like three minutes when you got a whole other dad like 10 feet away, right? And so, like, I need you to go ask the other one. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so I'm I'm a disciplinarian um, in, in the situation. Uh, I, I love my son to death. I think the most funniest moment we had was he was... Uh, he was showing his ass, um, and <clears throat> excuse me. And I called him. He went back in the house, and you know, was real mad about something. And I was like, I called him. I was like, Hey, you can come back out outside. Like, we gotta, we gotta talk. And so he ends up coming outside, and I'm looking at him. And I'm like, Come, come to the car. And he literally is standing there. He's like, Mm-mm. <laughs> And he was like, because like, I get to the close to the car, he said, you're going to snatch me. He said, you're my dad. I know you. And I was just like, and in my head, like, I was like, fuck, oh, God damn it. Like, yeah, because I was. Like, it's what it's, it's like, what I was planning on doing. I was like, little smart ass. Okay. But, um, you know, but to, to, to your point, Kenan, it's like, as he's gotten older, my, my action to want to, snatch up has been more of a okay let's really talk and figure out why you are exhibiting this behavior you know like what's what's really going on and you know and that that's a that is a different a different approach and obviously than what what, what i had because i definitely had the, you did it you getting getting a getting an ass whoop um I was actually on on Clubhouse uh, the other day and having a conversation with someone. And my mother always likes to tell the story. She said one day she asked me, like, well, who are you afraid of? And I said, oh, you and God. And she was like, <laughs> she's like okay, can you reverse that? I said, no, because you're right in the next room. God might have, like, 12 other people he may have to deal with before getting to me. So I'm scared of you, you know. <laughs> that is no, that's right. how that goes. But, of course, you know, everyone in the room, was able to identify with that and they were like yes because man i was definitely afraid of your parents because that's what was in what was instilled in you um that's the immediate person god you know like you said it's it's a couple of people between me and him so i I got a little time but you know the way to snatch you up you just like oh wait i I was standing and now i'm on the floor i don't even know 
how it happened. Yeah, well, like, did I black out or did they black out? Like I you know, and it's so funny with that because there's a you know grew up in a uh, apartment, and my mother and I to this day I we do not remember what it was that I said, but she was literally washing the dishes one day, and I was standing near the edge of the counter, and I said something flipping, and next thing I know, I was picking myself up the floor. <laughs> Here we go. To this point now, and I'm like, did you ever realize what it was? She's like, ah, boy, I have no clue what you said. She's like, but I know, it like, hand, like it was, it was a trigger. The hand came out the water, would fire out, and then like, yeah, it was like, I think I blacked out. So yeah, um, you know, so that's that's uh, those those challenges, you know. But I think, uh, but again, I think definitely to to what I was saying as far as your approach, because I I definitely more so encourage that for for anyone as far as you know taking the time to really get to to talk to them because again they're 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 little little people they're going through through the same things in which it is that we all went through at some point you know and they're just trying to figure out how how to express it no different than we had to try to figure it out so and yeah and i think to that like and why and why folks talk to their kids all the time right like i think historically we have just been used to and and i know like the historical reasons are behind it was like we just quick like snatch them up right right Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's not helping prepare them and a quote i would share with my when i was a principal it's like if you don't discipline yourself the world is going to do it for you and so for me it's about teaching them like why you can't do this right or why that's unacceptable or like my kid the other day my oldest I wasn't even paying attention. He's got a red face mask. And I look up and we out and he done got a red bandana and got it tied around his face. And I snatched that shit off so fast because I'm like, the world is going to see you as a going into this store. They're going to think you're trying to rob the place. And he's only like five feet tall. But that doesn't matter. Like you're a little brown boy with a red bandana. Like you can't do that. So as opposed to me like snatching him up and like shaking the shit out of him. It's like I had to calm down and explain like why you you can't do that. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, somebody else may be able to. You can't do that. Right. Um, and me just choking him out wouldn't have. Right. That wouldn't have got, we wouldn't have got to that conversation. Right. Well, I know some short thugs, so, you know. Whatever. I mean, yeah. True. Yeah. Okay. So since given the climate, kind of like of everything that's going on, especially with kids understanding, like dealing with police and just outside people, period, outside of your circle. Like, Kelly, I know you have a baby, but I know a lot of times I'll look at stuff and I'm, to say I'm definitely terrified to bring a child into this world because of kind of everything that's going on. So, you know, they watch TV and they kind of know what's, I mean, you know, even with Kelly, like, you know, a one-year-old be, you know, they can tell when somebody's upset. So then it's just like, well, what's going on? And, you know, they'll act out because, you know, my mommy's upset. Or how is it that you guys are dealing with kind of the emotions of the outside world, but then kind of, because we, y'all are raising black, black babies, black boys. So it's just so unbelievably scary. And it's just like, my sister always says, it's just like your heart is walking out. She was like every day, all day. And it's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And she was like, you know, that is the most frustrating and devastating part of it. So it's just like, how are, how are you guys dealing with that part? Like, how are you trying to 
you know, still let them be independent, be a person. And I, but I need you to understand everything that's going on. And like you said, Kenneth, your son is doing it. Be like, you know, because your instinct is automatically like, no, somebody's going to. And he's just like, well, I'm just wearing, you know, they just tell like me it. why I like it. So why am I this? I think for me, that is the scariest thing about being a parent is when there are situations that I can't control. So right now with him only being a baby, I can control pretty much every situation, except if I let someone keep him, you know, of course, then I have someone that I trust or things like that. But him growing up and, and eventually going out into the world is the most terrifying thing to me. Even though, you know, my baby is fair skinned, he's still a black boy. Mm -hmm. And he's going to still be seen as a black boy regardless. And I guess that is the most terrifying thing for me. I don't, I, we can only, you know, educate him as much about, you know, him and about how history has treated black men, how history has treated LGBTQ families, you know, and I think that's, that's the best thing we can do is just instill in him core values and just pray that he doesn't have to experience that. And if he does, that he knows how to navigate through it and to always be a safe place for him to come and ask questions, be vulnerable. You know, I don't need you learning, you know, about this stuff in the wrong area. You Mm -hmm. learn Mm-hmm. You know, when even when it comes to sex, when it comes to drugs, when it comes to drinking, learn it here, not in the street, because you're not going to get it the right way. You, you, you're not. Those people don't ever have your best interests at heart. Your parents always do. So I, I guess that that's the only thing that, that that helps me through thinking about him growing older is knowing how I choose to help him navigate through life, how I choose to protect him in my own way. You know, I can physically be right there with you every every second of every hour of every day, but I can hopefully give you enough resources, hopefully give you enough love, hopefully give you enough education to know how to navigate through it when, whenever it's, a, you know, brought to you. Oh, can I'm not following that. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. I ain't following that. Uh, um, no, that, that she is, really did just like, yeah. <laughs> right, right. No, that's, I mean, that was real. Kelly, that's real, girl. That's real. <laughs> that's real kind of real. Oh, uh, no, I mean, but that's, that is, that is, you're, you're spot on with that. Uh, one of our, um, it was uh, Brother Ray who we had on on the show, who's pretty much uttered the, the same words. It's like that that feeling, because of course you know you we're we're protectors, right? You know, it's it, we that's all we want to do, and it's like that ex, that moment when you accept that you're you're out of you're 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 out of my circumference. Like I I, I cannot be at work and then also be you know where you are. I remember. Um, kiddo started high school and um it was the football game but apparently there was something something that happened a fight broke out i think someone had brandished a weapon or something of that that nature and i'm in dc and i get this phone call dad where are you at are you home can you come pick me up and I'm like, well, what's going on? And I hear all of this ruckus in the background and I'm just like, oh, shit. OK. 
and I can't. <laughs> and in that moment, it was just like, what? so I'm calling literally everybody, any and everybody that I know. I was like, okay, hold hold on. I'm sitting here jumping over at a call. Let me call you, you know, let me call your grandma. See where she at. Like, even I know she can't really drive too well at night, but God damn it, I know she'll, <laughs> you know, for you, she's going she to get there. Um, and, and it ended up being just a thing of where, honestly, like, I was like, okay, the only thing I could do, I was like, you know, I, I literally was like, I'd call the lift. I was just like, let me just get on here. And I sent the guy a text and I was like, hey, look, I, it's not me. It is my son. I need you to go. Yeah. You know? um, and and he did. Um, and so I called him. So I was like, hey, just just go find, you know, go to the 7-Eleven because I know that's up, up the street, you know. Mm-hmm. There, stand in the parking lot, be near the light, stand inside if you have to, you know. Um, and it was probably one of the most scariest moments that I'd ever felt because I felt helpless. So helpless. Completely. You know, yeah. there was nothing I-, I could do. And thankfully, I mean, we obviously made, made it through that. But yeah. having, you know, my, my mother and I are, are, are close, much like how you said, said with you and your mom, Kelly, and we definitely had our our struggles at a certain point mm-hmm. um, and we're good now but one of the things that she would always tell me is that whenever you would leave I would just simply say okay Lord you got him from here and just she's like I, you you have to it's tough but it's, you have to get to that point of where it is it's like okay you're good yeah yeah. so that's my, my bit of advice to, to, to the two of you as a guy with the, the older kid Okay, Kenneth, can you? No. <laughs> I mean, He's like, I got it wasn't something. that bad. Yeah, so now yeah. you could come in since Kelly just, you know, cleared yeah, I, the whole home. <laughs> I, I mean, everything that Kelly said, and I think our kids are now at that age where we are trying to give them a little bit more like independence, right? Like, okay, you can go to the park with your friends, right? that's like five blocks away and I'm still the whole time, you know, what was going on. Um, and we got them these, they're like, they're not Apple watches, but tracking like, you can program mm-hmm. like gizmo, gizmo mm-hmm. watches where you can like, there's only 10 people that can mm-hmm. call you and you can call them and I can see where you are. And so like, we basically like a digital mm-hmm. leash. So it's like, <laughs> okay, I know where you're going to be and I can reach out to you and like building mm-hmm. little bit by little bit. Right. Because I remember when I was growing up in like 10, 11, my cousins and I, we would drive, ride our bikes all around the city, like in the suburbs, right? And nobody's checking us. And we obviously, like, we can't do that now, but they still need to, like, they're never going to learn if you don't give them the opportunity to, like, Mm -hmm. go out and be a little independent, Mm -hmm. right? And then gradually give them a little bit more. Um, But it's still doesn't make it any less scary um, mm-hmm. because also our, our kids aren't, they, they're not street smart and I wasn't street smart either. And so mm-hmm. like, because they're so friendly and they like, we're constantly like, nope, everybody's not your friend. Like it's just, it's, it's a challenge, but right. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's all I got. It's, it's almost like you're <laughs> I'm good. Them. Right, you want to keep that bubbly, friendly personality, but then you're also like, uh, uh-uh. uh, you know, you go outside, but then it's just like, well, no, you can be good to some strangers, but not all strangers, and then it's just like, well, I don't understand the difference, and then it's, it's almost it's it's like a black hole because now you're digging into all of this stuff, and it's just like. Well, I just wanted to be their friend. And when you think when they, you know, when they say that and it's the simplicity of it and it's just like, oh gosh, 
fight. I know, I know you do. But right, yeah. <laughs> right. And so it's just like, cause I know even with my nephew, he's you know he's very quick to say that. Like, you know, well, I want to go. Um, you know, I want to go to the park with my friend. Well, I'll go to the park. You know, he's a, he's the only child. It's trying to do that whole independence. You know, he's a suburban kid. He's by himself. Everybody's older. That baby is about as green as <laughs> green, baby. Just green. And he's very much like, well, I want to go outside. I'm like, to do what? Well, I want to go ride my skateboard. Why? <laughs> what, do you want me to go with you? No, I want to go by myself. Oh, like by yourself, by yourself? Like, so are you going to say like literally he had to, it's almost like he had to calm me down and I was like, okay, is your phone fully charged? Okay, yes. You text me when you get there. Don't talk to nobody. Okay, you text me on your way home. Actually, video, I, I need you to FaceTime. And my sister, and she was just like, well, why are you doing all this? I And like I tell her, I was just like, the thing is, is that I did not physically, you know, I didn't physically... Um, I, I didn't physically have him. Like I said, the only, I enjoyed no part of that nut that created him. But everything else, I, that's me. So literally, I will fight for this kid. So anytime, like, you know, I understand I have to give him independence because if I don't do it now, then he's going to be 17 years old and he ain't going to be worth two dams. And ain't nothing worse than a worthless child. Like, you know, all of a sudden they adult, you be like, okay, now you're adult. But you didn't do anything to help them prepare to be an adult. You didn't give them any responsibilities or anything. And that kind of always kills me with parents. Like, you yep. shelter them through everything. Now all of a sudden they're 18. You're like, okay, you get out of my house. You do it on your own. How? They don't even know how to wash their ass. Let alone how to pay a bill. Like, because you did everything. And then you're complaining like, well, I do everything for this kid because you wouldn't let go. And so my sister was like, you, she was like, Siobhan, you know, she was like, Vaughn, you gotta let go. And I'm like, Whew. and you know, I did, but you know, truth be told, I, um, you drove off to the park. I, I did. I did. <laughs> I did. So I drove to the park and, you know, but he said he did everything that he was supposed to do. So I felt better. So the next time he asked me, I didn't have to drive. It was just that first one. I was like, uh-uh, because uh, I, I stay in a, a regentrification area. Just, you know, so, you know, you got one block. Oh, this is pretty. And the next block you like, oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> in the house and sit down. But I trying to not only prepare him, but also prepare myself that um, I remember this lady saying she was just like, your children are only given to you for a moment. And your job in that moment is to instill as much as you can and to love them as much as they can so they can go out to be the best person. They're only they're only limited to you for a limited time. They're not yours. They're not your personal possession. You are... You are just that temporary. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, you know what I went through to push you. <laughs> right. And then, I, was like, I was like, that sound real. I was like, that sounds really that's cute. Super cute and all. That's right. Not, I was right. like, but you just can't tell. I was like, it's like this own booty. It's mine. Right. <laughs> right. It, it literally popped up out of me. Novel, this belongs to me. That's a, again. I ain't got no kids, but that's, I was just like, nah, sis, I, I, that sound really cute, but I was like, nah, sis, that popped out of me. That, that's, that, that'd be mine. Mm -hmm. but but there, was, 
Truth oh, today. Go ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna I think for for me, like similarly, like so we didn't have our kids from birth, right? We we got them when they were six and seven. And so I often feel like I'm playing catch up to those moments, those years that we did not have them. And so sometimes I find myself like, oh, I'm probably sheltering them because I just want to hold on to that childhood a little bit longer to make up for like the time that we didn't have. Um, and then on the flip side, I was like, I got so much to teach you because I don't know what you got before, but I got to tell you everything right now um, to make up for lost time. So I, it's like, it's it's both um, in terms of like not wanting to let go, but also like feeling like I got to give you all the stuff that you didn't get. Um, so two seconds from overwhelming you, but I really don't want to, but I just need you to know all this, like right now, because yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. Take every last, every last, every last bit of this information, you know, all right. <laughs> you know I, I tell my son, I'm like, you know, you're, you do realize there's, there's 28 years between you and I. I've got 28 years of, of knowledge over you. Yeah. Need you to understand that I'm trying to give you 28 years of knowledge, even in that even in that 15 year old brain. I'm trying to I'm trying to sit here and put put it put and part that in you, so that when you do go out here into this world, that you do it right and better than 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 what your mother and I did. So that that is yeah, it's it's a, it's a challenge. But to to the lady's point. Uh, as you were talking about that, it just reminds me of, you know, when 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 they kick a bird out the nest, you know, you you sink a swim, and, you know, you fly, fly you drop. Yeah. So that's that's that is it, you know. As as much as I mean, granted, you know, no, I didn't. Well, technically, I mean, yeah. I ain't pushing. Don't out. do that. But I Don't put him in. Though. I ain't put. I ain't push him out. But I put him in though. So you know that's that's. So, so I have that. You know. Why so grassy? I'm just saying. You know. Um. You know. But I. You know. I'm. I'm, I'm mindful of the fact. That, like you know. Okay. I, you know. I do want to make sure he's safe. But yeah. Like you can't. I need. To, look. We cut the cord. Like go. Go on and do that, please. All of it though. You know. Well, this has been definitely a great conversation. We are nearing the end um, here, but I wanted to um, I thank the two of you for coming on and, and being honest, transparent, you know, and just being yourselves. And definitely, y'all are part of the Father Should, should Circle, Family Circle, you know. Welcome to the craziness. Uh, it is, <laughs> Thanks for having us. It's, love it's, it, love it, love it. You know, um, Although Kelly, you got like a whole militia of family, like that you mentioned earlier, like you know, a whole lot of. I mean, like I mean, I, at first I thought like football team, but then you said like you know it, it was it was in the teens on on one side and then sixteen. And my grandmother, she just passed um, on December thirtieth. Okay. The one that has 15 kids. Right. So, Just, you know, but yeah. So I was like, who? I was like, who? You started dropping numbers. I was like, God. I was like, shoot, they could, they, you could drop them into to a small country and they could take over. Like, that's, yeah. that's what you got. Like, you know, um, <laughs> right, right. Uh, but no, but all of that, all of that love. Um, and you know the share that your children will receive um, from their from their family, um, and their guidance. You know, and I'm glad to 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 hear that, and thank you for sharing that with us. Any any last words? I'm gonna let that go to y'all. Uh, Shafan, you, you started out and you said that you you still desire to be a mother, 
I don't want you to give up that desire just because of your age, just because of your current situation. If it's something that you want and you really want to do it, do it. We've, we've discussed it before. And truly, like, you know, I have an older sister. She's not a mother yet, but she desires to be a mother. Go for it. You know, that's my thing. Even if... You know, it doesn't come out traditionally because I always said, you know, if we use all our embryos, if we've exhausted all of our possibilities, if I get to a point where I don't want to try and have it a natural baby, then we're going to adopt so many babies out here that need love. So many older kids that need love, need family. And that doesn't make you any less of a mother, you know, just because you didn't physically have her. I know a lot of women, it's our desire because we feel like this is what our body is made to do, where we're supposed to. But sometimes it's not our ministry that way, you know, but I, I do feel if a woman desires to be a mother, she should fulfill that that destiny for her because that's something in you that's something that you you've spoken to god about and you know figure it out the best way for you but don't give up that desire if that's what you want to do girl you see i'm i'm in the 40s now so seriously keep keep that hope and keep that because it's it is a great feeling but if you come to a point where you don't, you feel like it, it's something you don't want to get, that's okay too. You know, it's okay to make those decisions for yourself and all other mothers and mother wannabes out there too. You know, it's, it's, it's truly about how you feel about yourself. Don't let society determine what makes you a woman. Don't let society determine what makes you a true mother. Because my wife didn't give birth to this baby, but I'd be darned if anybody ever tell me or her or him that that's not his mama. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's it at the end of the day his her mother there's no blood between them but that's her grandbaby you know her whole whole family that's how it is you know so don't let society dictate it don't let your age dictate it look at look at those people with all that money and guarantee it don't cost a whole lot of money <laughs> it don't cost a whole lot but seriously do whatever your heart desires don't don't let anybody or anything around you say you can't do it you ain't got to be married to have a baby you don't you've been so That's many you before you end up, so many before you that ain't there was hello sometimes it's probably better to not be married when you have one okay mm-hmm. so seriously no i just want to tell you that Always go for your heart desire. If you still want to, your heart's desires, if that's what you want to do, baby, do it. You know, Girl, you know what? You know I'll stalk you and we'll have that whole like two hour conversation again. Like, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. Okay, Kim. <laughs> again, shit, I got to follow Kelly again. <laughs> All I'm going to say is it is the hardest and best thing that I have ever done. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think if you have a, a mind or any inkling that you want to do it, there's always going to be a reason not to. Absolutely. Um, but and and there's never the right time to do it. Um, but it is. I have. I probably have regretted a lot of things. This ain't it. Um, even on the worst day. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we'll fuzzy. You guys. Thanks for us, y'all. You guys <laughs> Thank you for listening to our show. Make sure you visit our website at fathershould.org. Follow us at Fathershould Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Fathershould underscore PC on Twitter. 